Blog Talk Radio. everybody. Welcome to the Best Life Cafe. My name is Kathy Anello. I'm here with my co-hostess, Carrie Tucker-Butler, and today we have a very special guest, author Aura Nadrich, who wrote a book called Says Who? How One Simple Question Can Change the Way You Think Forever. And Aura is also hosting right now in Venice Beach. I want to give a shout out to my LA peeps that she hosts a monthly salon at Mystic Journey. Uh, Sundays from 10 to 10.45 a.m. If I'm in L.A., I'm going to be going. And so in addition to being an author, she also writes for the Huffington Post. She is a certified life coach and a certified mindfulness meditation coach, a wedding officiant. And I mention that because hashtag goals for me. I love that you're a wedding officiant. So welcome, Aura, to our show. And uh, I'm so excited to talk to you today. I've heard so much about you from my dear co-host, Carrie. And so I'm going to go ahead and pass the baton this morning to Carrie, who has actually met you in person and live. Carrie, good morning. Good morning. How's it going? Yay. Um, so I just need to tell my aura story, um, which is amazing. And so we, okay, here's the crazy thing. Aura and I actually, our paths crossed um, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, and we didn't even know it. Like, that was the crazy part of when we started to figure out what was going on. So my, I have a dear friend, and, my, and Aura has a dear friend. They're, they're same, it's our friend named Mark. And Mark just, like, one day texted me, and he said, hey, do you know Aura? And I'm like, hey, no, I don't. And he thought it would be really awesome for us to meet so we reached out to each other, we connected, and we met for breakfast. I fell in love immediately, you know that, Aura, like I fell in love with you immediately. And um, then we kind of did like a, you know, so where you been, what's your story kind of thing, and we found out that our sons were in the same preschool class together, but we never, ever, ever, knew each other ever we never met we like when we looked at each other it was like well no that doesn't like you don't look familiar you know it was so crazy because there's only like 35 kids in that class and like how you know what is the randomness that you wouldn't meet all the moms right anyway that's my aura story I just fell in love I and for everybody to know I have been to sacred Sundays with aura and they are beyond spectacular so mm-hmm. I invite anybody that's in L.A. to come. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I just want to jump in and say hi. I didn't get a chance to say hi to both of you, oh. Carrie and Kathy, and thank you so much for inviting me to be with you this morning. Oh, we, we're so excited for this. I cannot even tell you. Mm. So here's like when we start, when Kathy and I started talking about the book and looking through and reading it and one of the things that came up for me on the says who was, you know, we, like, we, we don't even, or at least I don't even think about that my thoughts are, like, not real. Like, you know, you mentioned to observe them. And, like, it just seems like my thoughts are my truth. And I just love that you bring to awareness, like, 
to just observe your thoughts and like what are they? And there's just mm-hmm. so many things about our thoughts that aren't real. Mm-hmm. So I just right. wanted to kind of start with that and just say like how you know how did that yeah. happen and and also where you know how did you come into this whole journey of mindfulness and just who are you, Aura? <laughs> wow, <laughs> all three combination I, questions that are so good and juicy. I love that. Well, first of all, uh, let me let me start with what you started with as the observer, and then I'll kind of work my way back to how my journey began to understanding the workings of the mind, if you will. In that, sure. You know, I'm just excited. So great, and I'm so excited too. And of course, there's so much to share with all of us. You know, we think they say the statistics are we think between forty and seventy thousand thoughts a day, and that's a pretty staggering amount of thinking going on in that mind of ours and we don't even know that we're not cognizant of it we don't wake up and go oh good morning thousands and thousands of thoughts going in and out of my head daily but there are there's a lot of thinking going on in the mind and that's fascinating to me and ever since I was a little girl I was very much a seeker without even knowing it do you know I was a I was a contemplative child I wrote poetry at 10 years old and it was I call it my existential poetry I was like really curious about the universe do you know as children didn't we lay down on the grass and we looked up at the sky and wondered what the vast heavens were about? And I was that child, you know? So I was always a very curious child. I I didn't know that by nature, you know, all of us have our inherent nature, and I believe that this life journey is about returning to the original self, returning Mm. to our most true essence, do you know? Which we are, we are, constantly discovering through the activity of our mind so it's an interesting journey that we're on that we have these very very active minds that oftentimes pull us away from our truest selves you know or what's called our buddha nature if you will you know which i think is the exquisite spirit that comes into the into this life you know this incarnation so my journey specific, if you will, to says who and how that came about is that when I was not quite 15 years old, my sister, I have two older sisters, or now one, because the sister that I'm going to speak of just recently passed away. And my sister, who I adored and loved, and she was a very magical soul, she became mentally ill at um, almost 18 years old, she had a nervous breakdown. And it was just shocking, and it was devastating. And, uh, you know, all my friends idolized my sisters. They looked up to them and thought they were the most amazing women on the planet, which they are, and she certainly was. But all that to say that here I was, not quite 15 years old, and my psyche is developing, and I'm growing into womanhood, and then this sister who I idolize suddenly one day seems so normal and then one day she's so not and she you know had this breakdown and was diagnosed with schizophrenia and I went into deep fight or flight and as we know when we go into fight or flight we're in a we're in a fear state 
and we go into fight or flight oftentimes when we're shocked or when we feel that our survival is being threatened. And when we go into fear, we tell ourselves things. There's a lot of thoughts that rush to the foreground of our mind. And the thought that came up for me at that time was, oh, my God, I will go crazy like my sister. That was just the thought that took hold in my mind. You know, that was my truth in that moment. That was a thought that was born out of fear. And that thought took hold in my mind, and it got buried in my subconscious. So I could continue on and on and on and on and on, and I I I want us to, you know, have this conversation together. But that's really the beginning, what I call my original says who moment. And that's when this all began, this journey of awakening started for me. And would you say, Aura, that that would have been sort of how that a belief was born? Because we talk, you talk about how our beliefs sort of form our thoughts. And yeah. so when your sister, you know, and, and wow, what a, a tremendous story. I'm deeply touched by that uh, experience for you to having to go through. And I also know that it is those moments that get us in that place where we want to help other people and we are sort of driven out of our own trauma to say, you know, I want to take this and make, I call it lemonade. But do you right. say that our that you formed a belief that 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 was what was going to happen to you, and then that became your sort of fear worry thoughts that happened after that? Because I think people don't always understand how a belief about is born. So I'm wondering if we can actually right. go even deeper to where those beliefs come from. Yes. Well, first of all, that that is actually very accurate in your description. I My second question of the Says Who Method is, have I heard someone say this thought before? So many of our beliefs are formed in childhood. You know, where do, we, where do our beliefs begin? I mean, we can form new beliefs today. I can create a whole new belief for myself right this very minute, do you know, which is the constant activity of the, of the thinking mind. But the beliefs that I call the core beliefs that we hold on to they begin oftentimes very early on. And, of course, when there's trauma, you know, a lot of thoughts and beliefs are formed through that. And what I say is it gets carried over into adulthood. So many of the clients that I work with, what we do is we begin to dismantle beliefs that they have carried over from childhood into adulthood. And it's until you really understand whether the belief that you have is real or not that you can release it, what I call in the book, release and replace it with a new current Mm -hmm. belief of now. So, yes, I created a belief for myself not knowing. I didn't have the skill set. I didn't have the information. All I knew is that out of fear, and I'm very much a connect-the-dot person, you know, I say in the book, thoughts create beliefs, create Thoughts create emotions, create beliefs, create behavior, create reality. We have to connect the dots, and it all begins with a thought. Everything begins with a thought. I work with a lot of people that have an emotion that they're feeling, and I help them connect that emotion to the thought. It's the thought that derives the emotion. You know, we sometimes don't know what the thought is that's behind what we're feeling. So, yes, that belief started for me very early on. And what happened is I buried it. 
I buried it in my subconscious, which I call the storage room or the basement, which is where we store all, all of our memories and all of the traumas. You know, again, we don't wake up, yawn, and connect to what I said, the thousands and thousands of thoughts that are going through our mind, or we don't wake up to a perhaps a trauma that we experienced many years ago, but it's all there. And what will happen is, and which is what happened to me, is I started to experience what I call in Sisu the symptoms of a thought that I buried in my subconscious. And what I started to experience was anxiety. And I didn't know why. Wow. All of a sudden, I started to have anxiety. And it got worse and worse and worse. And I did not know why. And that is why it's so important to understand what our thoughts create. They create those symptoms. They create those side effects. And then, as we know, we become at the effect of those symptoms and those side effects, and we don't have any clue what thought or thoughts or beliefs are connected to those symptoms. Yeah. Right. You know, I, I love so so many of the quotes in your book, um, and, and I've underlined a, a bunch of them. I'm like, okay, that makes a great, you know, Canva. <laughs> You've really got some really good things. But I want to read something that goes with this so that people understand that we actually, the beliefs are actually formed by other people. And it says, nobody is born a loser or unlovable. Those are opinions and beliefs we grow into believing about ourselves because of how we interpreted a negative experience we had or something someone said about us. And so I just wanted to kind of go with that so people understand where those beliefs are formed. And maybe what we should do is kind of take somebody through the little bit of the says who, um, you know, is this your, not your original thought? Like, talk to us a little bit about what the says who practice is, and then I ha- I mean, I have a million questions, but okay. I can monopolize the whole conversation. So oh, do that. <laughs> well, it's the says who questions, which is the says who method that I created, and it's in the book. It's seven questions. And what I say about these questions is, first and foremost, they're very user-friendly. As you know, if you guys familiarize yourself with the method, these are very straightforward. And what I also like to say, they're logical questions to ask ourselves. You know, questions like, have I heard someone say this thought before? Again, going back to so many of our beliefs did not originate with us, you know, The genesis of Says Who also, I want to add, began with one of my clients because I started life coaching before I wrote this book. And I had a client um, that came to me. She was a very creative woman. And she came to me to discuss this new business idea that she had. And we're in this session together. And out of the blue, she says to me, you know, Aura, I I have this thought that comes up and it really scares me and I said okay and she said you know it comes up out of the blue and it really really frightens me and you know I I don't know when it's going to come up it's come up you know many 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 times in my life and it's been coming up a lot lately interesting here she wants to start a new business and then she's about to share this thought with me okay which there's so many connections to all of these things in our lives. And I said, okay, well, you know, do you want to share it with me? And she said, yeah. She said, I am afraid that I'm going to be homeless and penniless and not Mm. have any money. 
so I'm, I, I listen to this and I think, wow, that is so incongruous or random, if you will, to the very desire she has, and that is to begin a new business. And I had a big aha moment when she shared that with me. Well, first and foremost, you know, with clients that came to me, I could relate a lot to what their fear-based thoughts are because I work through my own, which was I'm going to go crazy like my sister. So I really took a deep dive on a psycho-spiritual journey to get to the bottom of that, which we can go into at another time. But when she said that to me, I thought, oh, I know that. She's got a boogeyman thought. That's her boogeyman thought, you know. So all of a sudden, out of the blue, because you know how the universe works. I know you, you ladies know this. (laughs) <laughs> I get this resounding says who in my head. I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I don't believe that's her. I, I, I believe that that thought came from somewhere. Something in me is telling me that that is not her original thought. She has a fear, but I, I just, my gut tells me it didn't originate with her. So I took a risk with her because I'm having this, you know, download of like says who. I just took a risk with her, and I said, says who? Well, her eyes widened like saucers. Like, what? You know, it was like, it was as if it stopped that belief that she had right in its tracks. It's like shining a light on it. So what she looked like to me was like a deer in headlights. And then I took it one step further, and another thought, another question came up for me. Like, I bet she's heard that somewhere. And I said to her, have you heard someone say that before? Is that, a, is that a fear that you remember anybody ever saying to you? Well, you'd think I just said something to her that completely woke her out of some deep sleep or something. She got very emotional, and she started to cry. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, she said, oh, my God, I mean, I, I never connected this before. She goes, I find that I have this fear that keeps coming up for me at these odd moments in my life. And she said, my father used to always say that when I was growing up because money was scarce for us many times. And my father mm-hmm. had a lot of fear around it. And he would come home if he lost a job, and he would go, we're going to be out on the street. We're going to be homeless. We're going to be penniless. And as a little girl, she was petrified. And it scared her so much. So I said to her, so that was your father's belief. And this really struck a deep chord in her, and I said, I want you just to be with that. I want you to really be with that this was your father's fear, and it wasn't born from you. And you've taken on a fear of your father that was not your fear. That was a fear that was introduced to you, not by choice. And you have carried that fear with you your whole life. And that became the basis of our session. And it was really powerful for her. And I want to just say, working with so many people that have never connected those dots before, They walk around and they tell themselves all sorts of things. And some of those things are so petrifying, only to find out, hence my second question, have I heard someone say this thought before, that, hey, you know what, my father said that. 
And why do I need to keep believing a thought that isn't even my own? Yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like, where do these thoughts come from? You know, they're not even real. And I love that she was so open and vulnerable with you because, I mean, that happened, it happens to all of us, right? Like, we'll be driving. I'll, I'll speak for myself. Like, I'm driving, and, like, this thought will come into my head. And it's like, well, first of all, where in the heck did that come from, you know? <laughs> and that's and where like, the, you know what, Carrie, that's where the observer portion is so important, you know, because mm-hmm. random thoughts will continue to come into our mind. And by learning how to be the observer, which is really tying into mindfulness by being, pre, you know, being in the present moment with total awareness and non-judgment, when we become the observer and we become aware of the thinking mind, aware that we think thousands of thoughts a day, aware that a random thought will come into our mind, which I call automatic thoughts in the book. You know, I've yeah. shared that a lot in my interviews where, like I said, one day I, was, I came home, I ran up my stairs, and boom, this random thought just popped into my mind. I'm like, what is that? Like, hello, what was that thought about? And what I've learned by developing and strengthening the observer in myself, I can go, huh, that's an interesting thought. Hmm. Does that thought want to trip me up? Does that thought want to make me afraid? Am I about to do something? And again, let's go back to this client of mine. She was about to start a new business, and look how her mind was working. When she said to me, you know, Aura, this thought, comes up so randomly it comes out of the blue she didn't connect the dots oh how interesting i'm about to start a business and this thought wants to freak me out and this thought wants to sabotage me and this thought wants to make me so afraid that i may not reach my goal which is to start a new business you know we know that those what i call the troublemaker thoughts you know they want to wreak havoc, and they are going to come in randomly at the most unexpected moments. But when we become a really good observer and a non-reactor, being the observer is to be able to literally observe a thought even when it starts to percolate in our mind. Huh. Oh, I'm fe- oh that's interesting. I'm, that's judgmental. Oh, that's, that's really fear-based. Let me be with that. Let me explore that. Let me go deeper into what is this thought trying to tell me? Because what I say about our thoughts, they have something to tell us. They want to go like, hello, hey, hey, I'm over here. Listen to me. Right. But they're not true. Like, but, you know, but, like... That's, but yes, of course they're not true, but we need to know that. By How do we know that? We can say that, oh, that thought's not true, and yes, we can dismantle it, we can remove it, we can replace it. We can do whatever we want with our thoughts, because as I also say in my book, you are the creator and master of your internal dialogue, which creates your reality. So, if we really want to get expansive about it, we are creating this entire thing. We are creating our thoughts, and we can decide which thoughts do we want to hold on to and allow to evolve into something like a manifestation of what it is we want to do or create, or we can allow those thoughts to stay present for us and cause us unhappiness. You know, you want to have that information because I I don't want people to think, well, if I just tell myself my thought isn't true, that's going to make it go away. That might, 
but I also want people to work with their thoughts. To Sometimes you get a thought and you could say, well, that's not true, but sometimes thoughts are valuable for us. They have something to tell us. Why am I feeling fear? Let me explore that further. Oh, I'm, I'm afraid that I'm not going to, you know, rise to this occasion. I'm afraid that I'm, I'm going to let this person down. I'm afraid that I'm not going to be the best mother to my children. I'm afraid that I'm not going to be, be able to show up in love. You know, they have something to tell us. Whether they're true or not, that's how we find out if they're true or not, by doing what I say in the book, investigating them. It's an inquiry. I'm fascinated by what my mind produces. I want to know it better. I want to understand my thinking mind better. I absolutely love it. And, and one of the things that I really enjoyed in, in one of the chapters uh, about how our thoughts influence our lives um, was when you talked about how sort of negative thoughts influence the true person that we are and our, our, you know, our authentic self. And I know for me personally, and Carrie and I have had this conversation many times, that when I feel in my authentic self is when I feel the best. Mm-hmm. And you're just now talking about how questioning, you know, the questions, I'm a person, and I know a lot of our listeners that I've sort of influenced, is like asking the questions you, opens that door. Because yes. you don't get to un thoughts anymore. Once you know the question of what you're internally trying to discover about yourself, you, you actually don't get to unthink it anymore. Right. Uh, so I think that, and, but that also by asking yourself questions and examining, like you said, almost forensically examining this, uh, you get to a place where you get to know yourself better. Exactly. And, and yes. Know self better and then you get into that authentic self and you say no that was my mom who used to be afraid of my, my, my mom used to have a panic attack every time she heard a siren and so for many years of my life I spent that same way until I did the work to undo what what those influences had done for me and right. so I think that one of the greatest pieces of your questions is that to get yourself to your authentic self and to learn how to not go down the rabbit hole with negative thoughts right and one exactly. of the quotes that that you wrote here that I just love. It says, your thoughts should be your cheering squad, not your hecklers. And it really resonated with me because of all the negative self-talk that we do, and you talk about that in your self-judgment chapter, but all these negative thoughts. And so the question is, you know, I have for that particular subject is, how do we clear those negative thoughts? What, what question do you have in this process that, that, that says, okay, I've acknowledged that this isn't my thought. I'm wondering who's saying it. And now that I've gotten to the bottom of that, how do I clear it? Right. You know, I just also want to say, you know, I didn't write a book that's like a quick fix. This isn't about like, oh, hey, let's just think positive thoughts all the time and no. positive thoughts will keep on happening and really we'll be. I'm, I'm a real supporter and I really believe in positive thinking and I really believe in the law of attraction without question. But we have a mind that is very active. And as I said earlier, we think thousands and thousands of thoughts a day, some of which we don't even know we're thinking. And there are the unconscious. You know, if we want to get psychological about it, there's the unconscious, which, you know, that includes the shadow, the aspects of ourselves that we may not like about ourselves, that maybe is even unknown to us. Do you know, this is a very important 
piece of information, I feel it certainly was for me when I went on my spiritual journey, my psycho-spiritual journey, to be able to understand why I was so fearful and why I was experiencing those symptoms or side effects of of anxiety is because Mm -hmm. I was being led around by a thought that I didn't even know I had. So imagine the thoughts we're not even aware of. Do you know what I mean? It's like things are subliminal sometimes. And what you want to do is you want to work with a thought if or when it comes up. Do you know? Because sometimes they will. Now, training the mind and strengthening the mind, which is really what this is all about, is so that you can default, you know, that you, you know, with all the incredible breakthroughs now with the neurosciences, which I'm so in love with, and I think we're aware of that, we can change our thoughts, we can open up new pathways in our thinking mind so that we don't default to a negative place. But that's not to say it's not going to come up out of the blue, or like as Carrie said, you could be at a red light and all of a sudden some silly random thought pops into your head. And I do believe that by strengthening mind strength, the discipline to be able to, you know, you want to get into shape, you strengthen those muscles. This is a muscle. You strengthen it so that, you know, do negative thoughts go away forever? I don't know. I, don't, I can't answer that with empirical proof. Yeah. I don't know. But we certainly can work with our mind, and we can begin to navigate it, and we can begin to create and curate and be the architects of our thinking mind so that we can create thoughts that do support our well-being and that can manifest outside of what we hold in our third eye, in our vision eye of what we want to create but maybe are afraid to when we begin to hold positive wholesome productive nurturing thoughts in our mind we can then begin to manifest them outside of ourselves i absolutely love that i love that and you know and then and and going through um you know, just a little bit into your to the fight or flight response of, of fear and how we're sort of conditioned to have those fear thoughts. I, I love the way you, when you were talking about people with the fear of flying. I've known many people who won't travel because they're too afraid to fly, and I was one of those people. Me too. And, Me too. <laughs> and I think that there came a point in my life, you know, and, and after I got to a point where I said, no, I'm going to start living in the present moment and I'm not going to let fear run my life anymore that I got on the plane and I remember the first time somebody had to hold my hand and, you know, so forth and so forth. But now uh, even my children will say, I can't believe you fly all over the country and you don't even care. You know, and it's like, yeah, the worst, that can happen? the worst that can happen is I'm going to die and I'm not afraid of death anymore. So it's okay. you like, I right. don't let those fear thoughts rule my life. Um, right. Exactly. And you actually, quote that Dolly Parton in your book, Why Am I So Successful? She says, I worked without fear, so that gave me freedom. So it's really about freedom to think those positive thoughts and not allow those negative, fearful thoughts. And I do a thing called clear, cancel, delete, which I just kind of say, okay, here you are, goodbye. You don't get to be here today. And Carrie and I have done that. Yeah, exactly. Or, 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 you know, sorry thought, I have no use for you, bye. I'm all for that, by the way, and that becomes our self talk. And I think that's incredibly effective, do you know? But I also want us to know that because we are the creators of our thinking mind, that we can create whatever we want. Do you know, we're that powerful. And I think we can know that. And even if we have obstacles along the way, 
whatever they may be for us, we can continue to support ourselves with a type of creative thinking mind that is constantly prone to manifest the very thoughts that we hold in our mind's eye. Do you know? But this, you know, we're talking about this is a very refined way of moving through life. I do believe that this journey that we're on is about learning and about growing and about evolving. And we do come to know ourselves better through the process of inquiry, through know thyself. You know, it's very Socratic. It's very, who am I? You know, what is it that I want to create this time around? And our thoughts can help us make that happen so that we can support the very things we want to manifest. I love that. Yeah. I love it too. You know, just just thinking, Aura, when you're talking about this, like one of the things um, that comes up for me is, you know, once we identify the thought, like, you know, for example, with your client, it was like her dad. Like I imagine, and, you know, with me, when I do journey work, I, you know, call it whatever my thoughts, some of it is just so painful and so sad. Mm -hmm. And I find sometimes it's so it's like, God, I just don't want to go there, you know, I just, but it's such an important part of the process, right, to, like, let go and forgive and, and just, know, like, really, really recognize that this was not you, like, it's not you, and I just, I, I just, you know. Yeah, I do, you know, Carrie, I want to just say that, again, you know, we know that it can't be pretty all the time you know that's why I want to really emphasize that writing a book on positive thinking you know I I said on an interview you know we can have a gray day that's okay that's one of the colors in the Crayola box you know but you know I also I also bring up in the book suicide because it really saddens me when I think of how many people get to the point where they don't want to be here anymore you know they want to take themselves out they're in so much pain they're in so much misery. You know, suicide is at its all-time high. You know, it's it's tragic because I say that's born from a single thought. You know, I don't, oh, again, believe that people just wake up and yawn and go, oh, I think I'm going to kill myself today. You know, it started somewhere, and it started with a thought about how we feel about ourselves. And it grows and grows and grows, and it's okay to be with feeling sad you know i don't want us to whitewash all of this out of our experiences you know where the observer again comes in so handy is that when we're feeling an emotion which is important to feel we have a range of emotions that we feel and we want to honor them and we want to respect the fact that we're in this body you know as pierre de chardin says we are spiritual beings having a human experience. We are having a human experience. We have to remember that. And we want our spiritual being to accompany us at, at every possible moment that we can. It doesn't always occur that way. So sometimes we don't have the information, and sometimes we're the effect of an emotion. And what do people most often want to do? They want to bury it. They want to push it aside. They want to anesthetize themselves. You know, we have a huge opioid problem going on. It's huge. People are self-medicating, do you know? And that, again, really moves me because I think we are all having this human experience. We are all experiencing pain to varying degrees. We've all had, you know, trauma to varying degrees. We all have a story. 
We all came from something and somewhere and people and families and experiences and sadness and tragedy, all of it. And the only way we can heal and we can awaken is if we allow ourselves to be with this and not to push it away and not to pretend it's not happening, but to be with it and to look at it and to be able to say, you know, I'm feeling sad today or something feels, you know, I'm feeling something. It's something, yeah, something. Really, Even if I don't know what it is, I'm feeling a little something right. today. Well, and that's how the, the addiction kind of part comes in, right? Because maybe if it's bad, like we don't want to, we, you know, the, the drugs allow us to not feel that way. And I know Absolutely. that you did a lot of work with, with um, addiction. Yeah, my, I'm doing it, work with addiction right now. I'm, I'm working with somebody, uh, you know, uh, with a podcast called Says Who for the Addictive Personality because, you know, even with the 12-step program, I'm working with a recovering addict who's wonderful, Johnny Calloway, and that questioning to be able to know what caused you to do an action that created unhappiness. You know, what was the thought that caused you to take that drug that caused you to end up in a car accident or in jail or harming another human being? We need to know the thought that says, I reach for the drug because I feel that I'm, I'm worthless. I reach for the drug because I'm unlovable. I reach for the drug because I don't deserve to live. You know, we have to really be compassionate, you know, first and foremost to ourselves, but know that we're sharing this planet with so many people and there's so much pain on the planet. And collectively, each of us can do our part to do the the healing so that we can awaken to the original self that I spoke about earlier, our true essence, which are these divine beings these divine spirits of light that we come into the world as. Mm -hmm. And this is our journey. This is what we're working on. And it's profound. And it's valuable. I I used to say, uh, when I, I, you know, my journey started, uh, you know, transformation journey started about four years ago after a traumatic experience. And I was injured and I had a back injury and I was taking uh, Percocet for the pain. And what I realized from that drug that it was actually, I was not calling it a pain drug, I was calling it a brain drug. Because I realized that the addiction, that every day I would wait till 5 o'clock and say, ooh, now I get to take my pain pill. And it would take me out of, yes, maybe it would alleviate the pain, but it wasn't because it was physically doing something to me, it was because it was mentally doing something to me. Right. And it wasn't I was not taking it anymore and I had weaned off of it that I was like oh my god I don't even know what thoughts I had during that time like it was so messed up in my brain from the opiate and uh, uh-huh. so I really was you know moved when you said you were you were working with people and you can you just tell us the name of that podcast again because I want I want to make sure that that gets out there because Thank I am you. a podcast and I really Thank love the idea of, ad- of people who have addictions to a place to go to listen. Yeah. I really it, It's called Says Who for the Addictive Personality. And nice. you, you know, there's a Facebook page now. Um, we're on our, I think we're about to record our uh, eighth show. And, you know, it's 
as we know, it's epidemic. Addiction is epidemic. And I feel that if Says Who can help people really connect, again, connect to those thoughts. You know, we all have our own way of either connecting to our thoughts or pushing them away. We're very lucky, the three of us, because we are seekers and we have figured out ways to, uh, you know, uh, subscribe to transformational thinking, if you will. You know, but we also have to know that even on our respective journeys, thoughts can come up that can trip us up. So imagine for people that this is very new for them and this is very foreign for them. I mean, even with my client who shared this fear-based thought with me, she had no ability to connect the dots. It, it took me helping her to say, do you realize that's your father's thought? So, you know, we have a lot of thoughts that we don't even know why we're thinking them. And at best, we can hope that, you know, yes, we can zap them, we can eradicate them, you know, we can, you know, throw them in the trash like we're a computer. I'm all for that. I think there's many ways. There's wonderful books out there. You know, my particular book is is a questioning method that I'm offering up to the reader to say, hey, guess what? You can question those thoughts you have, and you can turn your thinking around and you're amazing and powerful and can create unbelievable thoughts that serve your well-being you know that's my particular take on it but people need the help you know we're in this together yeah and and, and i'm all about the macro micro i think that the work that i do will reverberate out into the world and it affects other people and if we all do the work what a better world this would be yeah, the ripple effect, right? Like just kind of all going throughout the world. Yeah. And you know, I so one I I want to touch a little bit on your mindfulness work because okay. it is so powerful and and it helps so much with with quieting the mind. You know, it it just all it's like it's all connected. It's like this beautiful quilt. You have yeah. such a you know, it's like you have the book which question, which allows us to question, and then you bring in the most beautiful practice of meditation. And I just need to, to say that for everybody that's listening, please go to Aura's website, and we'll tell you all about that. But there are some of the most magnificent meditations on that website. I, I have gone to hear you, and you know this, on numerous occasions never once have i not had an, a beautiful emotional release experience and so i just personally well, want to thank very, you for all of that thank you thank but you just, so much I, well you're welcome honey but i just want you to talk about the mindfulness and how important that is to the whole process and just in life and yeah i i love talking about mindfulness um i know that it's it's really seeping into the mainstream so i'm i'm just so excited you know like when you love something and you want everybody to experience it you're like this is so mm-hmm. great you know yeah. and i want to just say that mindfulness is a quality that each and every one of us has but we don't necessarily use yes it's you know it can be traced back to the buddha you know as a 2500 year old practice and basically in its most simple definition it's being in the present moment with total awareness and non-judgment and i always say if you want to put a cherry on top of that and with self-love <laughs> do you know mm. and so that all sounds really for the most part, pretty easy. Okay, being in the present moment with awareness and non-judgment. Well, 
if you really spend some time with that, you know that's not so easy to do because mindfulness is being present. Like here we are, and I, and I love when I'm interacting with someone because I say, okay, here's the three of us, and we're, we're having this conversation, and we're here. I don't know about you, but I'm not thinking about what happened yesterday or an hour ago, and I'm not thinking about what I'm going to have dinner for dinner or lunch later, or I'm not thinking about anything other than I am here present with you ladies, and I'm loving it, and it feels really good. And we know that when we are most present, oftentimes it's because we are enjoying the moment, but not every moment is enjoyable. And so what I really want to teach people, you know, I do mindfulness meditation, but just the understanding of what mindfulness is, which is being present, and then when you apply that into meditation, you are able to be in the present moment of now, and you either focus on your breath or if you want to say a mantra, so that you can not go off with the thinking mind when a thought pops into your head, but bring your focus and awareness back to the moment by focusing on something like your breath. And by the way, whether you're meditating or you're not, focusing on your breath, even if you're sitting in the car or you're at the line at the bank, when your mind starts to wander and starts to like, you know, hey, i got to do this, i got to go there, i got to, you know, all that inner chatter that starts to happen. <laughs> if you just literally put your focus and awareness on your breath, which is gold, <laughs> I mean, my God, your breath just reminds you that you're alive. Ah. <sighs> I'm here. I'm in this moment. The sky isn't falling. Isn't it great to be alive? I'm in gratitude. That is such an equalizer. That is such a grounding thing to do. And we have it at our fingertips every single moment of our life. And look at how often we take it for granted. And we're running and doing and we're so busy in the doing that we stop really appreciating just being in the moment of now. So that's our greatest challenge. Our greatest challenge is the fact that we're all super busy people and we're doing all sorts of super busy things, and that's great. I'm all for doing great things on the planet. But we have to find time in our day to stay present, not in our day, in all the moments of our lives, so that when you start to cultivate a mindfulness practice, which I feel is such an exquisite thing to do, so that when you're present in a moment, you're going to experience it so much more than if you weren't being present. And what I say is it heightens your senses. Like there's mindful eating and mindful walking and mindful anything and everything. Do you know? So that if you're sitting down eating a meal and you're really present with that meal and you're not checking your phone and you're not you know, multitasking and doing all these things while you're doing something like just having a meal – you're suddenly like, ah, oh, this tastes so good. Oh, let me chew a little more slowly. What am I rushing mm. for? Do you know? Yeah. And mm-hmm. it really is, it's so beautiful. I can't imagine anybody not wanting to integrate that into their lives. Because what you start to notice is that everything starts to become more illuminated. And and yes, your glass is going to be full, more than empty, you will start to see such a shift in the way you perceive things by being present, by really surrendering to the moment of now. You know, and for me, Aura, that's 
so right on the money. I, uh, you know, I wrote a book called Six Months to Live, Making Each Day Matter. I'll go ahead and plug myself for a second. I know Beautiful. That's a but, great mindfulness but, title. But but by but by going through that six month journey and really kind of consciously saying, if I only have six months, what's important? And what happened for me in that process was that I had to start living in the moment. And once I started living in the moment and truly being authentic in those moments and being able to go to my breath, which I did a thousand times a day when I was really healing myself, uh, that I started to suspend time. And I know that if you've done mindfulness work, you understand that there's this place here in the, in, in the universe that when you stop long enough to enjoy that meal or you stop long enough to tell someone you love them or you stop just to hear the birds chirp and watch the butterfly on the flower, that there right. is no to the next moment. It is a No, moment. no. You're, Kathy, it's so great to hear you describe it that way because that's exactly right. Yeah. What I say is that from moment to moment to moment, it should move seamlessly. Like you almost yeah. don't know where one minute begins and where one moment ends. It seamlessly moves into one another. Now, I also want to say, again, this is beautiful and it's exquisite, and I want everybody to experience this. If I could just plug them into mindfulness, I'd be yeah. thrilled. But we're going to have those moments. Again, you know, going back to there will be negative thoughts. We don't think positive thoughts all the time. I want to really, there there will be a gray day, you know, whatever you want to call it, and there will be times where your moments will feel so impossible, so unbearable, that you're crawling out of your skin to get out of that moment. Just life. (laughs) You're right, exactly. So So where mindfulness plays into all the moments of our lives is that it, has us be so present that yes time as we know it and time is so abstract i mean it's very concrete when we're looking at the clock but time to me is time continuum it's ongoing it's infinite but i live within that that continuum and i create structures and i create boundaries and i create all sorts of things within this movement this fluidity of time if you will that's when we tap into the incredible flow of time it's so beautiful that we're not living by a clock and we're not like where do i have to be next and oh i gotta get here and oh, i gotta do this that's in the doing of time not in the being of time and that's why meditation is so lovely because you're giving yourself again the you know as far as just giving yourself an amount of time if you will you're like okay well within these 20 minutes that i'm sitting here I'm going to make this really lovely. <laughs> I'm going to like just allow myself to surrender to being present. What I want people to understand is that you can experience that at, you know, the goal really with mindfulness is to experience it in all the moments of your life, even the difficult ones, so that if something does come up that's difficult or painful, you can be so present with it and breathe through it. Yeah. <sighs> this is this is hard. This is a, I'm having you know, a difficult moment. That, that I've, been, I've been doing, and and one of because of my own mindful practice, um, is you know allowing myself to cry when I want to cry, allowing myself to be angry in the moment, not even necessarily having to share it with somebody, but processing it on my own. Mm-hmm. And and I think all of that stems from a mindful practice because I get to 
sit with myself longer than the average person who just jumps out of bed with the alarm clock, rolls into their car with their coffee in their cup, and races right. into traffic, gets to punch the time clock. And we're lucky in the way that we all don't have to punch a time clock. And I appreciate, you know, sometimes I do for my water fitness classes. But other than that, like having a life where you can sort of roll through does help. And we're getting to the end here. So I want to talk about where can, what is the address of where you do your mindful uh, stuff in Venice, where, Mystic Journey. Let me find the, the place where you do that. I want to shout that out. And I also want to give everybody Aura's uh, website, which is www.oranadrich.com. And as Carrie said, she has meditations. I am so excited to try your Eternal Bliss meditation that you have and then go on to see she has a whole album and stuff available on iTunes. And where can we get your book? You can get my book, you know, obviously Amazon. We know how fast mm-hmm. that is. Amazon is a, certainly a quick way to get it. You know, Barnes & Noble, you know, I tell people who live wherever they live, you know, maybe maybe you have a bookstore. Is there such a thing? You know, maybe you can, or, you can order it at your local bookstore, if yeah. you, you know, if you don't live in Los Angeles. Yeah. But Amazon, Quick, Barnes & Noble. And also, you guys, awesome. you can go to her website and sign up for her mailing list, and then you'll get news and updates of where and what events she has. And she has an event coming up in Rismia called at Rismia in Costa Rica. Let's talk about your retreat coming yes, up. Yes, I do. I did it last uh, February, and Rismia is an amazing place. It's an all-inclusive wellness center in Costa Rica. It's absolutely exquisite. Um, you know, everything from body work to massage to breath work to yoga, incredible workshops, uh, yeah, plant medicine. They're licensed in plant medicine. It's just an amazing, magical place. So I'm going back again. I will be there over Memorial Day uh, in 2018, and I'll be teaching a workshop, workshop called Living Your Truth, Letting the Authentic Self Lead the Way. So that that will wow. be my, yeah, I did my mm-hmm. last one was on transforming what we're talking about negative thoughts. But I I layer all of this into my work, you know, mindfulness mm-hmm. and all, you know, the authentic self and transformational thinking. It's it's like this wonderful parfait of of how we can live our lives, you know, daily so that we're covering all those beautiful exquisite areas that we're capable of so that and also you mentioned sacred sundays uh, i've just wrapped my journey within i did 12 of them at mystic journey so i'm not doing those right now i will take oh. that up again in 2018 yeah i got so busy writing my new book that i i had to really you know do that but i have two more sacred sundays left which are super exciting at mystic journey um carrie has been to them uh, it's Mystic Journey's new site, which is at um, 1702 Lincoln Boulevard. It's not their bookstore on Abbot Kinney. Mm-hmm. I have one November 12th coming with Lauren Roche and Camille Marine. They're an incredible couple. Uh, they've got books out that are fantastic on meditation and uh, a lot of uh, Lauren. Lauren, uh, Lauren has a book on, on the Buddha Sutras and uh, and then December 3rd, I have Daniel Brown, who is a, a Tibetan Buddhist scholar, professor. I think he's a professor at Harvard. So I have two really exciting ones coming up, and I'd love for you you know, you know, guys to come, of course. Wow. 
That's so yeah. exciting. Yeah. Well, we are just having the best time with you today, my love. I know oh. that when we first got on, we I did ask you, I know you have another book coming out. And, yeah. you know, and I just, just talk about it a little bit. I, I know we don't quite have a title yet, but I just want everybody to know to get excited about it and oh, to, thank you. to see Yeah, I I wrote a book and um, I finished it on Labor Day. It's like it's not called my labor of love, but it is a labor of love because I finished it on Labor Day. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's a book on mindfulness and it's a book on how to really practice being who we are with Mm. present awareness. You know, it's it's a it's a very again. I write these books that I think are user friendly. There, you know, that you can really discover how to live your life in the best way possible. And my love for mindfulness, which I I'm so in love with, you know, sharing that with people of how to be present, how to really connect to who we are, our true essence, and live that way day in and day out. So that's pretty much what I've poured into this new book, and I'm super excited about it. Oh, that's so exciting. I, uh, I just, you know, love the whole writing process. But we're down to three minutes, so Carrie, why don't we do our, pull our cards and see if anybody has any uh, burning answers today that they're going to get out of our card pulling. So, Okay. And then as – okay, we've got three minutes. And as always, we're also going to um, end the show with a Wayne Dyer Wednesday quote because we, we love him and he's my spiritual boyfriend. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, I love him so much. So I today, of all the decks that I have, I decided to use uh, by James Von Prague the um, Soul's Journey cards. So I'm just... I'm going to pull this card right here. Ooh, discipline. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. This is crazy art. Let me just say what this is. You can't make this stuff up. How about this? I can accomplish what I set my mind to. Thank you. Drop the mic. Let's walk off. Right? Could that be any more perfect? Right? I mean, because this is a discipline, right? We're talking about all this stuff, but it is an absolute discipline. Yeah, mental, mental discipline. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. Oh, Love perfect. It. Yeah. Love it. All right, so Kath, you go. Card, I picked the card from the Angel Answers deck. Uh, it's an oracle card. And the card I picked was called Ask for Help from Others, which mm-hmm. leads me to just give one more endorsement of Aura, and that is her book is amazing. Uh, you guys know I'm a reader, and I read a lot of books, and I told Carrie this morning, this book is fantastic. I highly recommend it to people who really want to dive into their thoughts. And I'm just super excited to meet you and see that you, the oh. work that you do. I think oh. that you are a and so, oh, And you're also thank a life coach. You. And so I think this card is that I want to just endorse the life coach part because I've worked with a life coach, and I think that using a life coach is the gateway to finding your authentic self. I've done therapy. Oh, I've done it all. Yeah, but I want to yeah. say asking for help from others is the way when you feel <laughs> lost. And that's even going back to your suicide comments that there, I want people just to know that there's always a way out. There's always yes. a way for, yeah. for someone to get. And, and not to be afraid of that. So, anyways, Wayne Dyer, thank you. We gotta go. 
<laughs> You're welcome. All right. Thank, Thank you so much a- to you lovely ladies, really, for having me and having this, you know, just wonderful morning. What a great way love to start the day. Exactly. We love you. And I'm going to leave everyone with this quote. You're only one thought away from changing your life mm. by Wayne Dyer. Beautiful. Yay. Yay. Aloha, Aloha, everyone. Till next time. Thank you. Mwah.